At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Welcome to Oral Hygiene, it's a podcast where we talk about educational films, experimental caught films, and interesting documentaries. Uh, this is Matt, and today we're talking about the film Kunden. I have a guest here who I did spit out your book titles a minute ago because I was cheating and looking at them on my computer screen, which is now crashed. So, Christ Consciousness and Merkabas, but I forget the main title. Yeah, the main title, the the most recent book um, that I just published was, is a book two of the Buddhist Mandala series, which is Buddhist Mandala's Christ Consciousness of a Multidimensional Merkaba. And the first book to the series is Buddhist Mandala's Explore Parallel Realities with Sacred Geometry. And that is Von Gaut doing her own introduction. So hello <laughs> and thanks for joining us today. <laughs> or me yes. today. As, as, as you notice, I run solo on this one most of the time. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're Matt solo. You're Matt soloing it. Your right, sidekick right. is not in this one. Um, he had, but but this, this is going to be fun. So um, it, it seems like I'm your Buddhist correspondent for Buddhism-related movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I try not to like you know pigeonhole people too much but uh <laughs> oh i'm fine with that i love buddhism i'm fine with that so like, um like i said before it's weird I, I don't have like a formal like you know buddhist um background i just hang out at temples a lot and it seems to have kind of worked itself out <laughs> yeah yeah osmosis just kind of osmosis and that's kind of how you, you you'd be surprised how much you how much information you digest just through being in an environment Really, really, so, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you realize, hey, I'm just going to listen to the birds for a while or something, and uh, that that probably is going to teach you as much as anything else. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like I always say, you don't really learn anything new; you just recognize what you already know. Right, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, before I hit record, you actually gave like the perfect short summary of this uh, movie. Could you could you do that one more time? Yeah. So, um, so it's been a while since I watched Kundan, um, but. Basically, it's about the Dalai Lama's life story in terms of um, him being identified in Buddhism. They, we call them a toku child. Like the modern vernacular for this, for a high frequency person incarnating into this dimension, it would be something like uh, star seeds, indigos, crystals, all of those um, those pop culture concepts. In Buddhism, we just wrap it all as Poku. So um, in the movie Kundan, um, the next Dalai Lama was projected to lead their tribe through um, various meditations and various methods that they use to locate this soul that is incarnating into Earth um, that is the reincarnation or has inklings of the previous um master teacher from their temple and so they they located him 
And um, the movie is basically about him growing up, um, learning to lead the tribe. And then unfortunately, he um, had to escape Tibet for India for asylum. And that's basically the movie. I guess one bummer is this movie's uh, 97, I think, and uh, it's the same old situation now. So nothing yeah. has changed. <laughs> no, um, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And unfortunately, I don't, you know, I, there's the, one of the hardest things in Buddhism for many people, even for many Buddhists to, to, even though they understand the concept of life lessons and certain things are set, um, for the spiritual and personal growth of the people involved, uh, it's still really hard to accept people's tough life lessons. Just because we have so much empathy and compassion for people's suffering that it's hard to um, witness people's suffering. But that is part of their journey that they have to learn and grow from so that they can do something about it. So I don't know, I guess maybe, maybe it's alchemy, but looking back at, you know, the suffering, but looking back with fondness, maybe like, Hey, actually I did this. I did this. I did this during that time. And, and that was all pretty cool. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 In hindsight, it's always, you know, if you, if you can look at the, the struggles and the triumphs that you went through in your life to kind of see how far you've come, then that is, um, that's the reward. So, and, I mean, uh, yeah. And in, in, in terms of the movie Kundan as a Buddhist looking watching it again i've watched it when it first came out um a couple times but watching it again in hindsight when you look at okay so the dalai lama um the current one is tenzin gayatso um, that the movie is based off of but anyways so if he would have stayed in tibet he would have kept the lineage of that tribe and the university um these monasteries are basically universities. They over time turn into monasteries, but um, they're basically learning schools and they scribe all the knowledge that they, they learn um, about metaphysics and consciousness, energy healing, et cetera, um, into the canon. But he would, if he would have stayed, he would have stayed and they would have carried on the lineage. However, because of unfortunate circumstances with communism and China, um, it forced him to leave for asylum in India and fast forward at the time it's like really sad in the movie because you're like oh no everybody's it is he's gone and there's no leadership and blah 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 but if you fast forward in hindsight and you look back however you want to see it it's the truth the Dalai Lama has made a brand new um, bigger and more robust um, environment in India, which now people all over the world can come to and they can learn and they can explore, which they still can't do in Tibet, you know, because there's, there's a lot of um, red tape going into Tibet. So now they can, everybody all over the world can come, come over to that. And not only that, the Dalai Lama is not just um, in to the temple, but he is exploring the whole world and spreading Buddhism and spreading compassion and mindfulness, writing books, doing audiobooks. Um, visiting universities, um, promoting uh, research into consciousness. And because of that, it's actually helped spread higher levels of consciousness all over the world instead of just being isolated in Tibet. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, he's on the, he's basically on the even keel to a world leader now. So, <laughs> which he doesn't like, which, 
which is why I respect him. He does not like being considered a world leader. Does not like being considered, um, a, you know, even a, any any kind of master teacher, any kind of those kind of um, le- pedestal. Because even in the movie, when they ask the young Dalai Lama, "What are you? Are you the Dalai Lama?" Whatever he said, always even in the last phase of the movie, he said, "I am just a Buddha." Just one right. many. Well, that's why okay. I chose my words by saying an even keelless, you know, like yeah, that yeah, level yeah. of prominence, not necessarily, you know, his responsibilities are quite different, especially since he's not in Tibet. I mean, I guess in Tibet, he would have more of an actual leader role in, in that, you know, temporal sense of the word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But now um, they have to lead the, the monastery in Tibet and the community in Tibet. They basically, um, you know, they lead themselves. So I'm not sure. So so much about how the leadership and how it's you know carried on and so forth but maybe some point in the future when china gets this you know because i have been watching the development of the modernism of china for most of my life and i have watched it go from the one child policy um to the two child policy to now the three child policy <laughs> so um and you know they are they are transforming, and um, the hope is that someday in the near future, they will be less um, totalitarian and less kind of con- you know control-minded with their population. So, um, because in my perspective, and I know there's no really true victims in Buddhism, because we all pick and choose our um, pre-incarnations in terms of pre-life plan, and that's the whole thing that kind of goes into the concept of reincarnation in the movie Kundan, because the Dalai Lama is is projected as a reincarnation of a previous um, high master teacher that led that led the tribe. So, um, but uh, I think that the Chinese people are the victims of the Chinese government, and, and that's just my opinion. Um, because not everybody in the country agrees or supports the government. And there's a distinction between the people and the government. So, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so and some people, when they, when, they, when they talk about China, they're like, oh, China, this, China, that, you know, you need to rephrase it as the Chinese government because the people do not necessarily like a lot of the things going on and they never have. Um, but, um, we will see how it evolves. So it's just kind of like in the movie Kundan where, you know, we're watching the suffering and just kind of the, the push of the communist government coming into Tibet, taking over, um, not wanting to have their ancient sovereignty that they have had for so long. Um, it's difficult to see, but then you fast forward two, three, four decades and you see what has transpired since then. So, um, you know, sometimes we have to kind of look at the big picture of it. So I don't know what's going to be down the road for the country of China or the Chinese government or what that's going to look like down the road. But I'm hopeful that um, it becomes something positive down the road. That 
Yeah. Yeah, I should he, hope so. I yeah. mean, I guess with Tibet's um, you know, sovereignty, I remember the 80s, you know, looking at maps, looking at globes in school. And, uh, mm. you know, there's still like at least a dotted line there <laughs> for Tibet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's gone. <laughs> yeah, because for whatever, it's already a big country, but for whatever reason, they have to want to take sovereignty of this province. Exactly. It's like a land grab. It's, like a land grab. it's an eagle-minded e- eagle land grab. But they are still the same people and they're just doing what they do and they have been doing what they do for a long time and you know just recognize them as their own province like a native american reservation or something they they have their own nationhood but for whatever reason it it has to be on paper so all of this over trying to make it legitimate on paper and i don't think it's necessary all this violence and all this um back and forth just recognize it for what it always has been it's yeah, really. independence, independence but, of sovereignty, just kind of like Israel and Palestine. Recognize, just recognize Palestine as its own nationhood. You know, it's the same exact thing. There's no, <laughs> it's not worth all this, this blood and turmoil and, and all this angst. Just to, no, for a land grab. I mean, and you know, I'm sure there's like, like serious socio-political reasons, like oh, we need to be like right up against India. But you know, that's not thinking about people at all. Of course, it's just uh, working out your your geopolitics. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's politicking. That's <laughs> all it is. It's politicking. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and it's, it's ego. It's ego consciousness. And um, the ego consciousness is the only sin in Buddhism is really ignorance. It's really not knowing um, the full picture. And, and when you look at the full picture in the greatest scheme of thing, it doesn't. It doesn't. The whole. The whole point is just basically to take another province so you can get more taxes and more money. It's all money motivated. Now, now you, you mentioned eagle consciousness. Would would what the serpent be the other side of that? Is the, I feel like ego, they're usually paired. Yeah, yeah. Ego is basically ego is not bad. Ego is your identity. Oh, ego, ego. I heard eagle. Ego, e- ego, yeah, uh, ego, ego. Gotcha. Ego, okay, got ego. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's it's your identity. And uh, a lower consciousness identity is going to, um, you know, see separatism, division. It's going to try to control um, and then use a lot of different, you know, childish games like manipulation, bullying, all that kind of stuff, force to get what it wants. And at the very end, when it gets what it wants, all it's going to get is, okay, so you got a land grab of the same people that live in the same spot. And they're still going to do what they do and, and, and practice the the lifestyle they practice so all of that just to have a land grab so that you can get more taxes that's that's yeah. what it's for really <laughs> well uh, i mean you know, you gotta, sometimes the, you gotta fast forward to the very end that's, i always do the fast forward technique let's fast forward to what you want and then assess your your um your treasures what did you actually get as treasures for all of that well, again, they was. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, once you're past something like fifty or sixty thousand, um, you know, yearly income, like happiness does not increase at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, as long yeah. as you cover your bases, you're you're basically as happy as you're going to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And the Dalai Lama wrote a book on um, the art of happiness, and it's basically that. It's just, it's it's basically just um, being present in the current moment and. Gen- and then expressing yourself and enjoying every moment um, that you have in the in your existence because this is the gift. 
the present is the present. Yeah, one thing with this movie is um, I, I actually saw it on opening night because I'm a movie buff and, you know, it's mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese directed, right? And I think coming out of the theater, I was like, I think this might be one of my favorite movies. I was really? also like, I was also like, oh. it's boring. <laughs> but I, 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 I guess I can replace that with uh, meditational. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is you, a little, it, it's dry. It's dry. Um, are you familiar with the uh, film uh, Koyana Skatsi? No, tell me about it. Okay, this is a, there's actually three. It's called the Katsi uh, Trilogy. It was made by, I think it was a, um, a former uh, Catholic priest. And Philip mm-hmm. Glass did the soundtrack for these, just like Kunda. Um, mm-hmm. Those movies are the uh, complete documentary. Uh, Koyana Skatsi's, you know, based on the Hopi prophecies of life being out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie just starts, it shows mountains and clouds. It sh- starts to show civilization. There's no words, it's just music and images the entire time. Um, especially with the Philip Glass connection, this kind of takes from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the yeah. second one starts to show you third world countries. The first one, I think, is completely shot in America. A lot of, you know, Western, you know, uh, scenery and clouds and things. Uh, the second one, it shows third world country. That's uh, Powaskatsi. And the last one is uh, Nakoikatsi, which um, I'm a cello player. So that one has the best soundtrack. It's still Philip Glass with, with Yo-Yo Ma playing the cello on top of it. So that's kind of cool. Um, that one is, yeah. is 2001 has all this digital imagery. I kind of prefer the, the first one, but yeah, those are, again, you don't like are, all the flash and all the animatrix oh, going on. They're fun. But the, uh, the first one was just such a perfect movie mm. <laughs> and it, it, yeah. it just, the, the resonance of that one seemed to be more, but the soundtrack wise, yes, I do prefer the, uh, the third one. And, uh, this is a big tangent, but I do want to tell a story, um, of the soundtrack for Kundan. Uh, I think it was about 2002, 2003, I was teaching environmental education. So we'd have kids come and stay at the place and we were doing like a little dance for them. Mm. And uh, they were coming into, you know, it's like a summer camp, like meeting hall. Right. And as they come, I just have, I, I put in the Kundan soundtrack and like blast is at top volume as they're coming in. So to, mm-hmm. to play my, they're coming in for a dance and, you know, the throat singing in pipes and stuff. So uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was yeah, my the music. Of then. Yeah, the music, music is, um, I think music is so core to a good uh, movie plot line. So, I mean, Kundan is like, it's not like a slow burn. (laughs) There we go. There's another way not to call it boring, I guess. (laughs) It's like a slow burn. So it's kind of like, because, you know, there's some movies that there's so much going on and it's switching between different plot lines and you got to go back to this plot line then you got to go back to that. And it gets a little bit confusing. Um, This one is like a slow burn where it's where you it's actually like a gradual um, stream of um, events. So you can kind of follow it and you can even go get something to eat or go do something, come back and you haven't missed that much. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of feel like... uh, and this work maybe this was the intention that it's almost like all of the plot and the dialogue that that's like the side off to the side um mm-hmm. where i'm matching it with something like is i feel like the core of this film is watching you know the snow blow off a mountain or mm-hmm. the sand mandalas and things like that that's kind of the focus here the, the rest well, of it is, is just, yeah. i mean it doesn't have that much dialogue like some movies have so much dialogue so there's like so much information coming through you're like trying to process everything but Kundan doesn't have that much dialogue compared to other movies but you're right it is mostly just imagery um and just kind of 
it almost feels like the energy of the movie. It almost feels like you actually, if you want to know what it feels like um, to live in Tibet in um, this community in which the Dalai Lama's um, temple and monasteries are, um, it's very kind of mellow and it's very much the energy. So most of the movie, like you said, is just watching them make mandalas and then you know blow it away and then like the snow in the mountains and then oh look at the look at the flag in the wind and you know that's that's life there on an everyday basis and that's I think that's what the director was trying to convey is the energy of um of Tibet. I never, I never saw Seven Years in Tibet. I don't know if they managed that or not, because that was about the same time. It's especially in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Movies always came out in pairs, it seemed. Deep Impact and Armageddon, you know, Ants and, and A Bug's Life, right? So this one is Seven Years in Tibet. And <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if that... And I, I, actually, in the late 90s, uh, I don't think I was really cool with Brad Pitt till maybe uh, 12 Monkeys and Fight Club, because he'd done Legends of the Fall and all, all the girls and... Um, in, in high school swooning on him instead of you so took me a few years <laughs> to get into brad pitt and seven years of that was was in the bad spot so <laughs> <laughs> this is funny yeah you know the thing the thing that's really in, the thing that's interesting because there's so much content in buddhism i mean it's almost 2600 years and it's not just one buddha there's many buddhas everybody's a buddha um by the way, Buddha is just another Sanskrit word for bood, which means to be awake, awake within the matrix, um, or awake within our within our holographic reality um, that we project through our consciousness. So um, everybody is a Buddha. It's just a matter of what level of awareness um, are you creating your reality from. So, um, so out of twenty six hundred years of information, you have lots of Buddhas bodhisattvas, teachers, and students adding to the canon what they learn. Um, it's just enormous amounts of information about our metaphysical reality in which we all create and participate and engage in um, all over the place. So, um, so it's really hard to just wrap all of Buddhist um, canon into even like a three-hour movie because it's just so much. So you have to kind of take, you got, you got to take like topics and then you know, cover that. So Kundan did a good, I a, a good thing in that it took the topic of what a toku child is, which is basically a um, an old higher energy being incarnating um, into our reality. So um, you know, it, it covered the concept of um, reincarnation. It covered the concept that there are old souls that come back to kind of help shepherd and uh, lead people um, into higher levels of consciousness and beings. And, um, and then they come into this reality and then they're faced with humanity and humanity that are lower frequencies. Not all, not everybody is at a higher frequency or at a higher level of consciousness. And so things that seem obvious is not very obvious and is not very easy to kind of overcome in these denser levels of consciousness that many of these Tokyo people incarnate into. So that's like, that's the whole message is like, okay, so you come in to bring higher energy, higher consciousness into a lower reality, try to try to help and raise um, awareness. 
but then you're dealing with low frequency people who's interested in fighting and killing over a land grab or trying to get as many because people are assets too. People are assets. Even if they don't have any money, they are assets because they're free labor. They have potential taxes. You know, um, they could be used for um, for military or again labor. So um, even not necessarily land grab, but the people uh, living within there, for some governments, are seen as assets to them as well. Um, so it so when you have these these toku children coming in trying to do one thing and then also having to deal with this other thing um that's where in my mind the message of the movie Kundan really tried to really focus on is how do you help these people along with living your life the best you can along with dealing with um the current situation of the politics or the environment at the time and um, sometimes you have to make concessions and that's what this movie ended up showing is that the Dalai Lama eventually had he was forced to make the concession and the compromise and that was to move yeah one shot that really stuck out this time which I didn't even remember the shot was uh when he's crossing over to India and looks at the the team that's helped him and just sees the corpses on top of the horses you know like like that's coming soon. There's just, you know, that's, that's an even bigger concession, isn't it? Like, you know, I'm dooming these people by doing this, but it needs to be done, I guess, you know, it shouldn't be done yeah. that way, but it's the only way. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's sad to see the suffering because they, they risk them their life to, to help him reach asylum. And, um, and again, it goes back to the pre-life plan because for some people, um, it may be part of the pre-life plan to kind of rewrite a karma or gain karma um, merits by helping the Dalai Lama live on and then carry on his work instead of being subjugated in Tibet, which would lead to a completely different, more negative timeline. So even... There are players in certain storylines with this whole this whole life thing is a storyline anyways, but there are <laughs> players in the storyline that we call life um, who, again, are not just the main actor or actress, but they are co-stars, they're supporting roles, um, and they're just happy to do their little supporting role and then, you know, carry on their incarnation elsewhere. Yeah, so, I know some of the... Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was saying, uh, I've, I've heard some of the, the, I guess, the life between life sort of people uh, uh-huh. where you would do the contracts. I'm mentioning that uh, in, generally in a life, there's actually like maybe about five outs. Yeah. If you're just tired, like if you're at age 20, yeah. and, and there's a few cases last year, I don't really want to get into detail because it's you know, people I know, but uh, a few people died last year very suddenly. And, and it was just kind of, it was weird. It was not COVID, but it was like right at the beginning of the thing. And it's like, were they just like, you know, peace out? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just kind of like, oh, I, I, I didn't subscribe to, to go do that, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. <laughs> I mean, you know, both, both giant bummers. Uh, one of them way too young. The other one pretty young still, although in his case, especially, it's like, you know, that guy lived his life at least. So uh, mm-hmm. sad to see him go, but I'm like, he 
he lived he i think he made it to age 40 and i'm like he, he lived all those 40 years so good for him <laughs> in that case yeah. although of, of course it'd be good to have a beer with the guy too but um yeah yeah because there's there's some there's there's some characters that we engage with that I love them. They have this this great personality, and they're just such great people. So it it is it it is a big it is a big miss to now say the, goodbye to them. The other one I kind of want to bounce off you, which I I haven't necessarily heard somewhere. I, although I, this could be a like fully thought out theory, but just in my own you know thought experiments, my my theory of reincarnation is. Um, so, and I'm curious if this fits a, is a, an animist perspective or a Buddhist one or what, but the idea is uh, this is the only life 100%. This is it, right? You're gone, you're gone. Reincarnation would be to various percentages. So what we might call past life would be someone's like a 99% correlation. Whereas, there, you know, a rock would have like a 1% correlation with what you're doing. But there's always something in common. Right. So the concept of reincar- reincarnation is just, you're incarnating into the physical again, reincarnation, okay? So you just incarnate into physical again, but um, in Buddhism, especially in advanced Buddhism, basically time, there is no concept of time because consciousness, the the source, God, Allah, the universe of mind, whatever you want to call that um, that energy, it is in everybody and it is, it is in everything within creation, within samsara, and um, and also in non-creation within nirvana. So um, I'm starting to sound like Kundan. Concept. That's the title that's, of this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, but um, but anyways, the point is is that um, consciousness is experiencing itself as Matthew Comey, as Von Gogh, as other people and other beings in other dimensions, in other realms, in the non-realms, etc. Everything. And your past, your future, your spirit world existence, your existence in another planet, in another dimension, in higher or lower realms, whatever, it's all existing right now. Current moment. The only difference is which vantage point you want to look at. So if you're looking at a certain vantage point, then you're going to have see and experience that vantage point. Whereas if you change your focus and look at another vantage point, then you're going to see and experience that vantage point. So like if consciousness wanted to see and experience what Matt's doing, it will focus on you and then it will be in you and, and experience your version of itself. But humans are the ones that um, create uh, linearity and time so that we can measure growth and so it's a tool in which we can use to make a decision on where we want to go next kind of like a we have a thought process like mm, I was there I didn't like that I'm going to do this now so it's time is basically a tool that we have and that we use so that we can make decisions where we want to go so but in the grand scale thing Consciousness has no time. It all exists right now. So everything in existence is a parallel reality. It's a parallel existence. Your past, your future, etc. I found myself more in like daytime meditations of, I, I guess that's what you're supposed to do is actually lose track of everything. Cause I'm always, I, I, I tell people I, I might do something at a temple on my lunch break and I'm like, Oh my God, I must've just missed five classes. And I'm like, Oh wait, no, that timed out perfectly. So yeah. <laughs> just, like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a balance. It's a balance. I, um, that's one of the things is you got, you kind of have the balance, um, 
being physical to and the, and then the the physical responsibilities to also um just kind of being present cuz it is really easy when when you are present in the moment in whatever you're doing to just time would you're just sitting there in the backyard looking at the birds and just laying down in the on a picnic blanket or something something simple like that and three hours goes by and you didn't do anything but just enjoy the present moment it's really easy to just you know i'm, I'm, have I'm time condensing to those no I'm, I'm luckily i'm condensing those three hours into like five minutes so because <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> that's the time i have I, I have i have the obligation to show back up at uh you know, the school I work at and teach a class. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, again, yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess time's speeding up for most of us anyway, but um, <laughs> you know, I find yeah, we're in the higher dimensions already. So really, yeah, I'm speeding up in the higher dimensions. I start work on Tuesday. Uh, I'm like, Oh, I'm already back at work. I'm like, well, I'll be, I'll be out of work pretty soon. And, and now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to talk to these people during the work week anyway. And yeah. it, it really doesn't matter that much. I mean, I, I definitely love having time just to, you know, roll off with no obligations that day, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You know, remember when we were, when we were kids and, you know, summertime, the three months, um, I don't know. I don't know how long it is in Japan, but in the United States, it's like a, about a three month summer break. It used to be, so long like the summers would just be so long by the time you went back to school um during the school year it was like oh finally you're so excited because school is finally here but now um time goes by so fast that the summer breaks is too short it's like what school's already here already i haven't (laughs) even had a full summer um so technically it is the same time frame in terms of a summer break but as compared to when you're little to compared to now, it just seems like time is so much faster. And they've actually even shown this in, um, I think, I think it's the quantum computer or something like that, where they show that we actually lost time. Um, by I think it's like a second or something, a couple seconds or something like that, where the earth is spinning so much faster and we actually lost time. So we are actually working with less time than we thought, but it, I think it feels like, um, we didn't lose seconds, that, but we lost even more time than that. So <laughs> it makes it even more important to be present in the present moment and spend your time doing the things that you enjoy and love. I guess it's good I'm condensing some of that time back then with my uh, my five-minute five things seeming like three hours. But yeah, 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 the rest of the time it's just uh, flowing along. So <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, the, so if, if people want to understand the concept of um, what a toku child is, Kundan is a really good movie just to give a basic idea of a, of a toku. Um, and, you know, I think like, I think I, I just did a podcast um, episode with two doctors who, um, you know, I think it was in France or Europe, you know, Sir Francis. Um, does that sound familiar? He's a saint. Oh, uh, St. Francis of Assisi? Yes, of Assisi, yeah. I thought it was Assisi, but Assisi, yeah. So St. Francis of Assisi, so um, he had a couple monks with him, and I just interviewed two doctors who, um, they do holistic medicine, and one still works in the ER. But uh, in their circles, they met a neurologist, uh, a surgeon in Canada, who has recall, and they when they saw him, they completely remember him. And they said, oh my God, and they all recognize each other. And he is supposedly the 
reincarnation of Sir Francis of Assisi that has reincarnated back at this time as a neural surgeon. <laughs> no, seems like seems like the right thing to do for that. Um, yeah. Now, 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 coming up um, in the email, you were also, I, I guess, that's the Tibetan version, uh, and then there's the, the whole star seed and indigo ideas, which you mentioned. Uh, I guess, it's, it's yeah, the it's the same ones. thing. Yeah, it's not new. It's not new. It's not a new concept at all. It's been popularized by certain authors, um, which is wonderful because it just it, it pulled up an old. Um, concept in buddhism that i love i i love that but um yeah star seeds indigos crystal you know all these different names for these higher frequency beings um who come into a lower reality of earth to basically help raise the consciousness of the people around them um and still live their best life and enjoy the the time that they they're here for as well so it's not just about service, but it's also about living your best life as well. So, um, but there is more of them now. There's a there's an influx of them um, more. And in Buddhism, we know this because the earth has raised her frequency. She's in the fifth dimension and she's been in the fifth dimension since 2555 Buddhist era, which is 2012. So she completed a cycle um, and a lot of indigenous tribes already know this, and she's been there since, and ever since then, she's been spinning faster and bringing things up faster and easier. So um, so a lot of people are forced to or are doing a lot of the healing work, um, you know, cleaning out the skeletons in their closet so it doesn't come up and blow up in their face. Um, and then if, if, if they do all that, um, then what is brought up even more is the um, abundance and the more positive opportunities and experiences that they are manifesting from within themselves because they don't have any low frequency issues that they haven't already dealt with. So, um, but that's basically it. Um, and we have been there and a lot because we're in the higher dimensions, when you're in the higher dimensions, um, lower frequency beings it's really hard for them to incarnate in the, these higher dimensions. It's not a match of frequency. So um, so it is no surprise for Buddhists. It, it is for some people in Western culture to see little children coming in, having recall of previous lives, coming in, knowing how to do um, and complete like math formulas or just pick up the cello and just start playing a masterpiece at two or three years old. Um, where they pick something up and they just learn really, really quickly. And um, so a lot of these kind of, um, I don't know, savants is what you call them. We just come Toku. We know what they are and we recognize them and there's all <laughs> different kinds. So don't be surprised if your little grandson is the one that's teaching you how to do stuff. So. No, I would say my daughter's turning 12 next week. And I'm like, eh, she's more mature than me already. So <laughs> she's more responsible than I am. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to, re they are still kids. So you have to, you know, kind of, you still have to guide them and watch over them. But sometimes you also have to remind them to, um, you are still a kid and to have a childhood because you will be an adult pretty soon. You'll have the rest of your life to adult however you, where you want. Oh, you won't have a childhood years. So yeah. Um, yeah. But you're 11, you're 12 and you want to prove that you're, you're already, you know, mm -hmm, able to prove mm -hmm. your sod and kind of missing that 
time in your life to a certain extent. But I, I guess yeah. we all do that to a certain extent anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the one thing about the movie Kundun that I um, I really saw that they tried to convey is that, you know, because there was moments where they ask him, do you miss your childhood? Um, because we, we kind of took you away from your family, although your family ended up moving into the monastery with them to be with him but um in the movie but they they took him they took took him away from his childhood a normal childhood and then brought him into the monastery and then basically started him in the monastic school to teach him everything so that he can lead so um and one of the the questions was um you know did we take away your childhood are you happy about your childhood um and the thing is is that with all these toku children and adults who come in with a higher energy and a higher level of consciousness um, in really dense areas and they're coming in doing fantastic things. Um, sometimes they need a break to just have fun, to just, um, you know, be human, to just, you know, you have to save the world. <laughs> so that's why I always tell a lot of my clients who are high frequency, I say, it's not your job to save the world. Okay. It's, it, you could do what you want to do and you're going to have fun doing it because they just can't help but be of service. Um, but at the same time, save some of your energy and time for yourself so that you can enjoy your incarnation as well. So go on that date with that girl and have fun and enjoy the, the moment that you have with them. Um, you know, go, go to the water park and just have fun being a kid. Um, you know, so all these, I gotta remind them to play. <laughs> so take no, it I, have so to, seriously. You know, I have to Japanese students. I don't know if it's because I'm a teacher or what, but I'm like, you know, what what are you gonna do so you can study? I'm like, are you gonna do something fun? No. Like uh you you're missing your time there, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you kinda have to remind these tokus it's okay to play. Okay. There's a balance. You can't play too much. You still have to do your studies and so that you have the basic foundations to do what you want when you get older, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, a lot of them come with a mission. They come with a lot of focus and intention. And um, they're just really serious little kids. Um, they're like old men and women in baby bodies. But sometimes you got to remember, it's okay to play. It's okay to play. So, um, but that's what the movie Kundan had some moments where they, they tried to play with him. But at the same time, they were basically teaching him um, everything that they, that they know. So he was constantly being taught things. Um, and it's good that in the movie, his brother and his siblings were living in the monastery with him um, or close by so that he can always go and play with his brother and play with his siblings so that he can be a kid. But um much of the time he was doing his adult job, which was being the Dalai Lama. Um, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure right from the very get go. Yeah. I just, I just read, um, it's correct to you if this is wrong or not, but uh, in, in these studies, these, um, these monks will memorize like 40 pages of script a day or something. Yeah. And that that yeah, stresses yeah. me out. I can't even remember songs. I write. So <laughs> Oh, I know. But, you know, but that's what that's that, you know, there's been lifetimes where, I mean, 
I've had life times where I was um I was a monk or I was a nun and I just basically and I enjoyed it. I didn't have any response. It was very easy life, by the way. I um I I never had any responsibility of taking care. I didn't have any children. I didn't have a marriage. I had to maintain. I didn't have no responsibilities besides myself. Just you know, get up, do art, paint, garden, meditate. Um, you know, maybe do some energy healing here or there with um, with different people coming into the monastery to kind of help um, with their ailments or illness or whatever they're dealing with. But for the most part, it was a very, very um, set lifestyle. And I didn't have to worry about paying for my livelihood. I didn't have to worry about where I was going to live. And, you know, everything was very set. <laughs> so um, it, it is a very easy life. But now try getting all that knowledge and, and that you had gained in, in those other lifetimes. And then now try to be Zen when you have little children constantly nagging at you for stuff. Now try to be Zen when you have responsibilities at work, you know, constantly asking for stuff and, and, and um, you know, being a little bit of a, um, a pain sometimes, <laughs> you know, same thing with trying to, trying to balance yourself in, spending enough time with your spouse if you're if you're married so you have all these other responsibilities um and at the same time trying to be higher level consciousness so it is a it, it is the next challenge so I am not surprised when I meet people who are authors and who are doctors and all these other um professions and in their previous lives they were monks and nuns and they're like oh it was such a breath of fresh air when I was a monk and a nun. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I I don't know too much about past lives. I, I, I'm getting to a point where I don't even want to. I just, but my proof would be um, I, I learned how to do basically Tibetan dream yoga, and after mm -hmm. that, not well, by the way, just but it, it's worked. It's worked enough that I know I can do it. And then I learned what it was. I like didn't even know what it was. And I was one day, oh, there's this thing and you're supposed to do this position. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I've been doing that for the past few years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do it naturally. We do it naturally. We do a lot of this stuff naturally. And that's why I always say you don't really learn anything new. You just recognize what you already know. Exactly. In this case, that, it just, that, that one was, you know, that's kind of, I, I can't, it's not proof for anyone else. It's only proof for me. Right. But I'm mm -hmm. like, that's. For, for me, it's pretty compelling. I'm like, oh, I knew this already. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's easy learning learning curve for you. I, um, and I do wonder, I've just, um, I've always felt ill at ease until I ended up in the valley I'm in now. I, I almost wonder if I was like supposed to like here in the past and like just couldn't stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing, the only thing about, um, I mean, obviously Kundan was all about being a toku child being born as a Dalai Lama and basically um, accepting the reality that um, you're going to you're going to move to in India to start off that chapter. But um, the the thing that I would really like to see in the Buddhism movies moving forward, and actually Matrix is the Matrix is very Buddhist um, origins as well. But I would like to see them explore parallel realities and. Um, the holographic universe that we manifest from our consciousness. Um, so i i would I would like them to investigate uh, in movies more um, advanced Buddhism because the basics have has been touched in a lot of movies. 
but there's a lot of areas of Buddhism that hasn't been touched yet. And um, like the Mandela effect is basically parallel realities. And all the master teachers in all of the Buddhist artwork, and I have it in my current book, um, Buddhist Mandalas, Christ Consciousness of a Multidimensional Merkaba, they all show the master Buddha um, having multiple heads, multiple limbs existing in multiple realities. And it's, it's, the teachings are in the artwork already, but there hasn't really been any movies that really has explored the concept of fully metaphysics and consciousness and parallel realities creation um, in Buddhism. And I would love to see somebody explore those higher level levels of consciousness because it is happening to people worldwide um, who are in this space of consciousness and the information has been written about thousands of times in Buddhist canon, but it is very high level and advanced and people aren't completely ready for that information, but it's, it's always been there. And that's what Matisse. I write about. I write about that in my books. Is that yeah, thinking, um, you know, there's this, the Marvel movies, the superhero movies, which honestly I'm kind of burnt out on, but their, their next thing is actually start. They want to do all this, apparently multiverse stuff so yeah, you, might be, you might be getting that quite soon uh i they, hope they the, so they did the wandavision thing which was basically like this kind of holographic overlay of a town with everyone you know being like kind of controlled and yeah um yeah yeah i i would like them to kind of to, to yeah to get into into that and I know they can only because they have to make they have to obviously get some viewership. So if you go too far out from <laughs> the current level of consciousness of the audience, they they, they can't understand. They're like that's just too far out. So there has to be some realm of um, understandability in movie making and um, creation. But there's a lot of very advanced metaphysics, time travel, um, holographic manipulation, six senses in advanced Buddhism and um, like I, I write books on advanced Buddhism and it's nothing new. It, I didn't come up with it. All I'm doing is just documenting what's already on the artwork. It's already in front of us. It's been in front of us the whole time, the teachings and um, these, these different concepts of the multiverse and how it you know, reacts to and changes based off the consciousness of the Buddha looking and creating from within it. So all of this is already there. So nobody is really coming teaching anything new we're just teaching the same old stuff but just people aren't ready for those advanced concepts quite yet um the last podcast interview i did with you on the fountain that one was a really good one and, and got into the advanced stuff so i really yeah. like that but you know something like this or or um the fountain or, or or this film they don't they don't really capture the mass. I mean, they're not lockbusters, are they? <laughs> no, because the mass is not ready for that. The right, mass exactly. Is, yeah, the mass is, it's, and that's why most people in Buddhism, um, and you can go to any temple, you can go to any monastery, anywhere in the world. I've, I've been to many, and that's why most of the basic temples um, and monasteries basically teach the basics. Basics, you know, how not to be a douchebag to each other. <laughs> The basics, because that's what most people are still learning and need to relearn. Um, just you know, the basics, so that they don't 
create out of their unconscious fears and their negative viewpoints. Um, because so mine's so basic, nobody's there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now you know, and sim- simple is good. Simple is good, but um, but yeah. So a, a lot of the movies are just you know the boy meets girl or. Right now, is the girl meets girl, or <laughs> or whatever, uh, or the girl meets the boy meets the girl that meets the boy. You should I check can't... out the last season of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, I love Star Trek; it's my favorite. And uh, in the I... last season of Discovery, they have two non-binary people, one of which is dead and is a now a subconscious thing within the other person. Trills, if you're annoying, that is just like <laughs> just like knock down like eight doors. I, you know, probably trying to make a statement but that's what star trek does so whatever it can do that <laughs> yeah well that's i mean yeah that's that, that's the whole point of the movies is to explore these different concepts and then um and then sell it to us to see if we're like mm, okay i don't really understand where they went with that one or oh i totally understand where they went with that one just to kind of pique our interest um back to so, the cello the, the previous well the, the the lover who's also now the previous incarnation could play the cello so now the the living one can play the cello so again for the cellos i'm like okay cool we got a space yeah. cello made of carbon fiber it's great <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's the simple stuff it's always the simple stuff but um the thing of kundan i guess kundan if kundan had a follow-up sequel it would be fast forward dalai lama um in India <laughs> right. and everything that's happened ever since then in terms of worldwide um, insertion of Buddhism in academia. That's really where, uh, that's really what has, in my opinion, changed about Buddhism, which I think is wonderful. The same place I was trying to blow the kid's mind by playing them the, the Kundan soundtrack as they're coming into the um, dance. I was also, they, they had like, some adult program there and I was mm-hmm. in charge of uh, basically leading around a speaker who is a, a, a Catholic priest, like relatively high, it might've been a car, something in the higher level. It wasn't just a priest, but uh, mm-hmm. so I was talking, we we're waiting for him to do his talk. And he, he actually did say like, even as a Catholic um, priest, his most spiritual experience ever was meeting the Dalai Lama. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so making like, I'm about to do this, speech about catholicism and stuff but you know that's still the most the deepest experience i've had <laughs> yeah well you can feel the energy of different everybody has different energy and and that the energy you can feel the energy of um somebody who has a higher consciousness because the energy is just very healing it's also connected to um the crystalline consciousness the, the christ light of light you know, right. so, so in, in Buddhism, the, <laughs> yeah, I picked up in Buddhism, the word Christ is basically another word for crystalline, which is a higher frequency of light. It's it's mm-hmm. word is light, um, the consciousness of light. So it, we make the distinction. Um, it was the Romans that gave that word to one person, which mm-hmm. um, our lineage completely clarifies. But uh, about Yeshua ben Yosef, and I actually write a lot about Yeshua ben Yosef to clarify Christ consciousness in my second book, uh, Buddhist Mandalas. So, um, so if you guys are curious about what is Christ consciousness and how does it relate to a multidimensional Merkaba in your aura field, in your Buddhist Mandala, you, I go over that very extensively in um, the Buddhist Mandalas book series. And in book two is the one where I, I talk about Christ consciousness and and 
learning about that and touch connecting to that. So, but anyways, what I was saying before about the movie Kundun, um, if they did a sequel, it would be about kind of the evolution of Dalai Lama um, being a public figure worldwide and traveling and meeting and um, promoting research into these studies of Buddhism just to see, you know, how much is it is still accurate, what areas need some filling in, you know, because that's all we do is we just research to know more about this greater reality of samsara that we engage in and keep those records for the next generation to use and create with. Um because that's all we that's all we're ever doing. And so, create things um, that can be um, you know, understood, like you said, with the movies. I mean you know, the Matrix is can be a primer if you're a Gnostic or a Buddhist. And I, I remember uh, going to a, you know, growing up in an Episcopal church, they were like, let's break down the Matrix in those terms as well. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you did different ways to different ways to see it. And it's all, you know, when you when you go into the higher levels of consciousness and in, in metaphysics consciousness, um, it's all the same thing. It, it's humans that put labels and boxes and things. Yeah. It's, it, it's that specialness of ego that we like to do. So um, we probably need to wrap up, uh, especially for your time. But I did just want to shout out real quick because uh, we just podcast. I just actually released the podcast last week on uh, Cloud mm-hmm. Atlas, which I think is definitely one that uh, fits the bill pretty well for deeper concepts of, uh, <laughs> you know, Buddhism or or spirit. I mean, you know, again, it can you can take several several tracks with it. But that's one that I definitely would put up there. Cloud as Atlas. I'm going to add one. my podcast to it. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that's a mind blower. It's, um, it's like six stories spread across time from like 1848 all the way to like, you know, 300 years in the future. Oh, oh you mean the movie? I thought, I thought that was a website that they no, 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 as far as like the more modern oh, that gets into Oh my gosh. Maybe but, the next time we do a follow up, um, we do cloud Atlas. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, well, I actually, I just did that one, but I <laughs> go listen oh. to my podcast. I know we talked to, uh, uh gordon white from room soup mm-hmm. for that one so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was pretty cool um you were just talking about your your book and i guess we do need to wrap up but um make sure to tell folks uh, where to get it because i i haven't read your newest one yet and i'm about to get a kindle unlimited unless there's a better way <laughs> well um you know kindle kindle um kindle and uh, the other two buddhism book is on audibles and it's me reading it um so uh, but this one, I'm still working on the audibles recording of it. So I'm almost done. Um, but you, if you go to my website, Merkaba Chakras, M-E-R-K-A-B-A Chakras, like your seven chakras.com. That's my website. You can just click on the book links and it will have all my books there. And then just, if you just click on the Buddhism book that you're interested in, it'll take you directly to the Amazon page where you can buy it on print on um, Audible, on um, ebook, Kindle, however you want it. But you can also just go to Amazon.com and you can just type in my name, Von Galt, uh, V-O-N, and then Galt is G-A-L-T, and it will come up and just click on the author's name. It will pull up the author's profile along with all their books as well. So super easy ways to get your copy of the Buddhist Mandala series and you know get yourself up to Christ consciousness um, and above. Okay, if that's what I do, it's I, I'll, I'll be Amazoning it. Then I just um, sometimes <laughs> authors like you know like are like, oh yeah, but maybe don't do Amazon, do it my way. Which I try to give, make sure they yeah. get their platform for that. So <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just, I just make it simple. I just make it simple. I don't really keep any. Um, it, I don't keep very much stock in store. If you want it, you buy it, and then they'll make it as you buy it after you buy it. So I don't pre-order in advance thousands of copies and then try to sell it. Um, it's not my style. <laughs> That's cool. No, I mean, again, I, I create so much content and I barely know why. So, well, if I don't make music, if I don't make music within two months, I'll start like going nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Podcasting. I mean, I, I do, you know, I, I, more and more people seem to be listening. So that's cool. But um, I think, I think really, uh, if you do want to get all Buddhist about it, I think I'm doing this in part because I'm like working on the, the throat chakra, right? <laughs> A few years ago, I definitely fell out of working, you know, lower. And I'm like, I, I think I, I think this is my own method for working on number number five or well, depending on how you count them. But <laughs> yeah, well, and it's also fun to just kind of relate life to movies, because that's really why we watch movies is to entertain yourself, but then also kind of peak um, our life. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole point of this one. Uh, the the website released last week, you know, that we were talking about the Twilight of the Archons documentary and ended up going on for 10 minutes about Bach and Beethoven, which that's, that's kind of what I want to do. I mean, you know, so you, we'll start with this film and who knows where we'll end up. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank uh, you for having me on your show. Uh, another wonderful episode. So right. um, thanks for another coming another wonderful in. movie. Yeah. I, uh, you know, there's, you do have to get on the Zoom sometimes to, to get truly metaphysical with people. Although, I, you know, I am finding more people in, in my life nearby that I can uh, get a little weirder with. So I, maybe that's people, you know, growing, opening up and uh, evolving as time speeds up. <laughs> that's right. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. <laughs>